Today on the show, we're talking about how to succeed. Welcome to Simple Money Solutions Podcast, your path to financial independence through deliberate lifestyle choices. My name's Courtney, I'm your host, and today I'm joined with three others for a nice round table. We're all back together again. We have Michael. Hi, how's it going? Trevor. Hey. And Jace. What's up, guys? And today we're talking about how to succeed. And we're doing that with reference to an article. It's called actually 10 reasons why some people will never succeed. Which I don't like this tone of that. So we're spinning it to, obviously, if these are the things that stop you from succeeding, if you, if you don't do these or you do the opposite of these, you will succeed. So this article is from lifehack.org. We feature articles from this website all the time. And it's by Kaiba Mapoi. And let's, let's dive right in. So we're going to go from point number 10 to point number one. So the 10th reason why we can't succeed is we are empathetic. So I think they're saying if you are apathetic, it's going to, it's going to get in the way of your success. And in this, in this little point, they talk about people who, who can't take a position on something or they, they're, they're, they, they have no sort of, is, is this people can't say no? Like they're, they're always considering like they're, they're almost looking out for everyone else that they don't look out for themselves. I'd say it's a, it's a lot of people who are just kind of go with the flow, but they're too go with the flow. Like yes, they never will yes. have an opinion that's direct on anything. Like they'll just be like, Oh, it's okay. Like we'll do whatever. Um, but they never actually like choose a, a path or they never like, like have a, a hard opinion. And I think that's super, super important for success is to, kind of know the path that you want to go on and follow it no matter what and stay the course yeah people who who are to go with the flow won't do that they'll just kind of you know let things happen and it may not be the direction that they want but they're just not going to do anything about it and this often often shows up as a confidence issue a self-confidence issue and people are lacking self-confidence so if there's a skill you could work on that is going to be life-changing is to develop self-confidence believe in yourself believe in what you're you you stand for you need to stand for something or you or you'll you won't stand for anything so you need you need a position in life and you have to be confident enough to say i don't care what the worst world thinks i believe in this and this is this is how i want to lead my life also i think sometimes people are afraid to make uh like the wrong decision and and sometimes making like a decision, even if it's the wrong decision, is better than no decision. And because at least you're, like you said, you're going with some kind of direction in, in life. True. And you know what I, I love? And you, a lot of times you'll know is if, if you believe in something most people don't. Or if you, for instance, I'm a vegan. And I'm not judging people who aren't. But I truly believe it makes a difference in my health. And it it's challenging to be a vegan in our society because there's, you try to go to a restaurant. It's, it's, it's a challenge to get a, a meal there. And you go to visit friends and not everybody supports or understands that kind of diet so that's something i really believe in and i think it's changing my life it's it's it has an impact on my health a significant impact and i I, i'm not going to waver and there's a there's a no shortage of people trying to tell me that i'm crazy or you know why would you even do that like what what could the benefits possibly people go as far as say that sounds super unhealthy so to move on to the ninth point again we're going uh from 10 to 1 here is the ninth point for this article about reasons why some people never succeed is they can't face adversity if you think of adversity the most first time you experience adversity it's what i call manufactured adversity in school so the school will create an a situation of adversity where the student has to overcome it so here's something you currently don't know 
I'm going to give you sort of a, a very high level as a teacher understanding of this topic. And then I'm going to give you a test and you have to pass it. So this is manufactured adversity. It's not real life. If you don't, there, you know you face real life adversity is if there's a consequence, a life changing consequence to no, your I actions. I never believed that when I was a kid. My, my parents would always say like, oh, you know, like wait till you get to real world, world problems. And I did, um, I was fortunate enough when I was in school to do a, like a year long co-op term where I had like real life problems. I had to face real life adversity. And then I go back to school and I just realized how manufactured the problems are and how like, you know, you got like 10, like, you know, like a whole class full of people, 30 other people are trying to solve the same problem. And you start realizing it really is manufactured. And it is. And in life, there you usually you're solving a very unique problem, unique to you. And there's only one solution and you're not even sure if it's the right solution. You're just trying. You're, you're the best person to solve that problem. Kind of goes back to the, the the first thing we're talking about, like making a decision and just staying the course. Is sometimes you know you you might know the best solution to it because you're the only person dealing with that problem. True. Well, I think to what you're saying, Mike, with the the first point, um, it it does really matter that sometimes you you take that choice and you make a mistake, but that's the only way to actually learn is to learn from mistakes that you've already made or watching other people make that mistake. And that is kind of a form of adversity and that will kind of make you better long term. And to your point, so you think of in life, if I look back, I learned very little from my successes. I really did. I learned very little because I, I could have succeeded because I just happened to do the right sequence of events to get to a, a solution on, say, a home repair or some small scale thing or a, a project at work. I, I had success, but when you fail at something, you learn like, like every time, if something goes wrong at work, I, I make a point to learn from it. There's some people that don't choose, there's people who choose not to learn from their mistakes. They actually, they will avoid learning. They, they will go out of their way to not learn from their mistake, but that adversity is a teaching moment without question. The thing with that learning from your mistakes is like you say, some people don't is you got to be able to kind of, I think, put some of the blame on yourself is, is yeah, own you got to own your mistakes because if you start yeah. pointing fingers at everything else, like you're, you're like, you're essentially just saying, oh, every, I was perfect. Everything else was wrong. And sometimes maybe it is the case, but it is probably not every time it's that way. It is true. But most, if you think of adversity in our um, society, it, it all tends to have a monetary consequence, right? It, it, it all, it, in our society, we quite often tie uh, failing or succeeding to a money outcome, right? So it could be your job. If you don't succeed in your job, you lose your job. It's the paycheck you lose, right? That's, that's where the stress is. Or if you make a bad investment, it, it's, it's not that you chose the wrong company or the wrong stock or the wrong whatever. It, it's you've lost your money and that's the adversity and so a lot of times people will not take chances or risks they will avoid adversity and i think that is something where you will look back with a lot of regret if you if you lived life avoiding adversity meaning avoiding risk taking avoiding chances like maybe taking a new job a job that you may or may not succeed at you're not sure there's going to be some adversity learning that job and trying to succeed but the rewards of overcoming adversity are so gratifying so in a way, you're kind of saying like you take a risk with your money in a way. Take a risk in, take a life. Risk in life. And it, it often has a monetary, monetary yeah, consequence yeah. or benefit. So moving on to the eighth point. The eighth point is it just spin it into a more... Well, well, you know what? Before you move on to the next one, let's go around the table and let's talk about a significant adversity you've 
you've you didn't avoid but could have avoided. You know, you you chose to take it on. Well, I, w- I want to say school, you know, like I, I did that and but that, that's a manufactured adversity. Um, so I, I don't want to count that. Well, you know, what? on a bigger scale, it's not. I'm going to tell you what's not. There's a cost to going to school and you can't keep it's not a bottomless pit of money that's going to fund that school. So you you are taking a chance that, you know, there's a lot of money on the line. If, if you don't succeed at this particular program you picked, then you might not get a second chance. So if you pick something that's in maybe a high reward field, but really hard education and you don't succeed, well, that's a, that's a risk. So I guess for mine, uh, it would have to be, I left a, a job that I'd been at for a really long time, seven years. And I was the store manager. I was making not too bad money doing it. Um, but the problem was I really, really wasn't enjoying myself. I loved my job, but I didn't love what, it became. Um, so I didn't love the management role that I'd gotten into. Um, I was passionate about the industry I was in, but not the job itself. And so I ended up just kind of quitting before I had any other jobs lined up. Uh, I gave them two months notice cause it was around the holiday time and I wanted to kind of transfer someone over to be able to do my position well enough before I left. And then, uh, I just kind of started on a job hunt after I gave my notice that adversity kind of paid off in the end. Um, it was a rash decision, but it worked out. So when you're reading into that, you, you quit the job, which put you in a position to, it, it gave you a need to find a job. You weren't, you weren't motivated to find a job where you currently had your existing job. Yeah, exactly. So you almost needed you almost manuf- you manufactured adversity that didn't exist. You created it, and then that was the motivation for you to move on to something else. Yeah, exactly. And uh, not even two weeks later, I found the job that I ended up working at now. And it, a lot of people will stay in a job for a long time because it's comfortable. You created the discomfort up front, and I love that. That that is, it, it's so easy to stay in the same comfortable job predictable right everything's you know what you're expecting the next day and the next day so for me here's the mine's a similar story so I was a I had a young family I had three kids one was a newborn and the job I was working on it was paying okay but I I could see that it it, I kind of was at the at the as far as I could go with with that employer there wasn't going to be a whole lot more money in my future but my family looking at three kids and a wife the needs were going to be growing, the financial needs. So I said, I, I can't continue with this as comfortable as it is. I need to find a better opportunity. And there was nothing in the town I lived in. So I found a job in a town an hour away with a new employer. And just just as a added stress point, I was still studying for my CPA. So I, I was still going to school part-time. Took a new job a more senior position, a lot more stress, new employer, a new town, new house, young family, newborn child. I grew a lot. Like I, 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 if someone's, you know, told me this is what I want you to do, I'd say I could never endure that. That, 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 that's too much adversity in my life at once. I'll take it in little pieces. And I got through it and, and I'm, I'm glad I did it. Like you said, Jace, the benefits at the other end were like tenfold. So it was well worth the 
the effort. So Courtney's hesitating on coming up with her adversity situation. So maybe, maybe tell us why, why you have, okay, just, I'm not putting words in your mouth, but just say, just say you're the person who avoids adversity. What you just give us an example where you have avoided adversity, a situation where you could have taken on adversity, but, but you didn't. Well, so I'll, I'll answer that, but to kind of answer my, I mean, my one kind of example of adversity would would be, and I think it's one that a lot of our listeners, listeners can relate to too. You start off in a one post-secondary degree and it doesn't agree with you. So you switch directions. And I think, I mean, that takes a little, that takes a lot to kind of, when your GPA is flailing and you're flailing to be able to kind of be okay with switching programs and, and, and really salvaging what you can with, with what you have. So that, I mean, again, I feel like that's not a exciting story. I feel like university and post-secondary is, is is an adversity pit for a lot of people but to answer your question trevor i think it's fear fear and and uh, maybe lack of of maybe confidence in my ability to succeed i think we all maybe have that that fear deep fear, fear that we're we're not good enough to to succeed in in another position so getting in the way of success is your fear of adversity yeah you, you know what? i i, I like I think that yeah a, a big thing with uh like someone's gonna want to face an adverse situation if they can see a light at the end of the tunnel but then it's not true adversity if you see an out if you see an outcome that works and it's it's in the distance and you say all i do is gotta is, all i have to do is get there that's not adversity adversity is an unknown but, but no, outcome. No, so you, but like say when you were going for your cpa you had to know somewhat where it was going to take you right like you're you're not just doing that for the sake of saying oh like Let's just have a kick of the can here, and but like, but Mike, well, Mike. At the same time, it, it's like it did, it, Trevor maybe didn't know if he would uh, succeed in his uh, getting a CPA, and and to the same of leaving a job. Like you leave a job where it's comfortable, where you know you have a secure employment. That's but I ha- you and, have to like. I, I think you like. I I I guess to 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 work into Courtney's point here with the fear is I think the the more you can see the light at the end of the tunnel, the 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 less adversity you face. Like, I guess because it's it's more yeah predictable or whatever like like it could still be like a, a hard like like road right like like i'm not saying every tunnel is a, a simple smooth road right like because like true, because true adversity has a so my my adversity was a whole bunch of unknowns stacked up on top of each other and if one of those things fall it could affect all the other ones right so you're right i might have known the outcome of of studying for my cpa and i could see that graduation but in the way of that was a new job, a new young family. Yeah, like so, I think. But I think with that, like, is because you know where it's going, you know that it's worth it. So I agree. Like, I think it's the unknown that makes adversity so tough. Is that you, like, you, like you don't know what it's all for. Like, I think if you can have a better sense and, like, court said, take the fear away. I think then uh, it makes it so much easier because you know what you're fighting for. Uh, but I, I agree with you. Like, if, if you can't see it, like it's gonna be less adverse. But I think that that's something that makes may, like like struggles with people. So I, I think that's maybe even a good first step is try to at least get a little bit of a glimpse of what it might be in the future. Like, yeah, I I think you know this nine and ten kind of go together. So if you lack confidence, then you're gonna not you're gonna have fear. You're gonna let fear get in the way of taking on adversity. It also links really well to the next point, number eight, which. Number eight is they don't take action. So this, again, is a reason why people may not succeed. So to flip that on its head, we can succeed when we do take action. 
And this one is so true. I, I, I've rarely regretted doing something in life. I, I, even small things. I, I, I've rarely regretted taking on a, a home improvement project. I've rarely regretted uh, meeting up with some friends. Uh, I've rarely regretted starting a new job or starting this podcast. I've rarely regretted doing things. I often look back with regrets for not doing something, not not starting a project, not the things I I don't do are the things I look back with regret most often. Well, I think that really, really heavily leans back into points nine and 10. Like a lot of it is fear. Fear is stopping people from taking action because they're afraid of the adversity that they're going to face. And so because of that, they're not going to ever take an action, which means they will never actually succeed at what they want to do because they never put their first foot forward. And these are so tied together to your point. Because so we, I said I've learned so much from failures and so little from successes. So again, if, if, if you don't take action, if you don't have the confidence and aren't afraid of the adversity to, to, to possibly fail at something and learn you're right that they're all these three are so intertwined i think the best thing that we can do is is almost to some extent become yes men become willing to give anything a try at least once to see what we can learn from it and go ahead and and grow from there so i have this friend i visit periodically like probably visit him two three times a year and every time i go to see him either go to his house or we meet in a sort of a neutral place he goes on and on about all the things he's done new he started doing this karate and he's getting in shape because of it. And I know there's karate classes where I, I live and I think, well, I could never, you know, I don't know if I could do that, right? Well, he didn't know if he could do it either, but he did it. And he's always doing these home renovations. And and every time I talk to him, I come home feeling like, like so, you know, demoralized. You know, I, I'm, I have nothing compared to this. This guy's like a superhuman. So... I should be motivated by somebody like that, but I actually, I I sort of dread going to visit him because I know how bad I'm going to feel about myself after. Well, it's almost like you're measuring success based on, on the other person, right? So, But he's doing everything I wish I did. Then do it. <laughs> I know, I know. I just do it, right? Take action, just exactly. do it. Exactly. You know, I think that's the, the whole point of this is is if you if you don't actually take action, if you don't actually give it a try, it never will happen. And so until let, you like sit down and be like, I will do this, it won't ever succeed. So let's go around the table. A moment of inaction that you regretted recently. And this is not like lifetime, recently. It could be small, it could be big. So I don't know if it's that recent. It was a couple of years ago. That doesn't count. That oh, doesn't okay. count. <laughs> no, okay. Damn, okay. <laughs> I, there's, he there's can use it. one more recent, but this one just sticks to my mind. It was, um, I had just started a new job and... I was I was so worried about doing the wrong thing and um, uh, and I, I always just assumed that people I was working with like they knew better and knew what was going to happen or what should happen and I was also worried about doing it I, n- I never did anything like, I never acted I would always go to them and say what should I do and then I I, I heard him say one day to um, it was like he was giving kind of a presentation to a bunch of people and he said that he would rather someone do something it was my boss who said this it was rather he would he would, he would rather someone do something and it be the wrong thing than them do nothing at all like at least they tried and um, like they, they did something and as long as there's some logic behind it he he's not going to get mad at them he's not going to help will help correct the situation but he's not going to get mad at them and then for me that that, that kind of opened my eyes that you know what like 
let's try to do something like let's try to act and it made um i found it made my job so much more enjoyable because i feel like i had more control of what i was doing and um now that i've kind of like a couple years later now i'm on another project and um i find i'm quicker to act because i start realizing that you know what not everyone knows what's the right thing and sometimes i might know the best thing so so that was a, a good example a couple of, years ago <laughs> no no of, of of a case where he took action but the, the thing was, the example I was looking for was, so... No need to look good, Mike. Wrong answer. <laughs> okay. This is, is where you, you didn't act. Okay, I'm going to throw one out. But a good I example. Like, I, can, I can relate. You started with yeah, an action, but it, the story ended action. with action. So, which, which is good. But, so here's my story of inaction, which, again, I have a few now corrected with. I've learned from that. So my inaction, though, was a, a job came up for working for someone I would really, really enjoy working for. Um, but so my resume wasn't up to date. My cover letter wasn't up to date. I didn't have a portfolio built and I was very new within uh, the career I'm in. So again, all of that was, it was the, uh, an action result because I didn't do anything because I didn't, I wasn't there. I, I guess I couldn't conjure up enough, whatever inside of me to take action. So I missed out on applying for that opportunity. Now down the road, um, I have applied to several jobs since then where it took a lot of action to make that possible. But I kind of learned from that feeling that resulted as a part of not applying for that, that first job that I, I, I wish I had. So another story that ended in action. <laughs> Very good, both of you. So uh, this, is, this is a point that I'm going to admit right out the bat, I'm really bad at. I am really bad at not taking action. I am one of the types of people who usually when I set my mind to something, I do it and I almost always follow through. Now, I do have two points that I did wish I had follow through on, um, but they're not super important or exciting or anything. But uh, me and my friends were going to start going to uh, rock climbing every week. And we started out really strong. Uh, we ended up going two times and then just stopped. And that was something that I really, really was like looking forward to keep doing, but didn't actually have full control of because like uh, I wanted to go as a group, but usually the group, something would come up and not everyone would want to go. So something that I should have done is just keep going on my own. And maybe those people would have come back and started joining again. So I was setting you guys up to do all your inaction stories. And then I was going to give a story of actions. I was going to change it at the last minute. Right, got to you. <laughs> you we guys right got through that scheme. big time. So here's my story of inaction that ended in action. Just because <laughs> I can't be one up by you guys. So uh, I had this. Uh, I have a you know a, a pretty healthy lifestyle. The one thing missing is fitness. You know, I do. I don't get a lot of physical fitness, and I sit at a desk for a living. So to me, it's even more important. And it would always be in the back of my mind, bugging me that you know I. I should do some, get some sort of exercise program in place. I'm getting older. It's only going to get worse. You know, I, I can't keep putting this off, putting this off. And it, I, so I kept, I, I would worry about not being active and the effect it was taking on my body. And I spent a lot of time worrying about that. And of course, worrying is not good for your health either. So I had that on top of it. And I, and it, I wake up every morning and say, oh, I just can't, you know, get any fitness in my life. I haven't got time and it, it's, it's just too hard. So my daughter was home for the summer and she went, she got into this fitness routine and she went to the gym every day. And I'm talking every day. And my youngest daughter was doing this 
And I thought, well, she won't keep this up, right? <laughs> She's got as much quit in her as I do. <laughs> so, and, and by the end of the summer, I thought, okay, she, she did go all, and the summer's four months long, right, for university students. So I said, okay, well, she did it for four months, but there's no way, you know, she's going to go back to school and she's going to be done. She's out, you know, there's no way she can continue this with school. Come on, give me, you know, she's got lots of quit in her. <laughs> I can count on her to, to not show me up. And then I was just talking to her recently and she stepped up the gym. She goes like sometimes twice a day. So I said, well, you know what? I'm going to learn something from this. So she kept going on and on how addictive it is. Once you start, you're just so motivated. So I've been going to the gym for a couple of months now and I, I feel great. And, and it's so, we, this is my story that ends in action. <laughs> I, I know I, one thing, the biggest thing I noticed is the stress of not getting fitness in my life. That is the biggest thing I have freed up. I have so much focus because I'm not weighed down by this, I'm not getting any exercise and it's affecting my long-term health burden on my shoulders anymore. It's not weighing that. So sure, the fitness has helped a lot, but the the fact that I'm doing something about my health has really, that, the mental, I never counted on that. So by doing that, I've actually, I've taken stress off my life that I never knew I was carrying. And now I I feel great. And I don't know what why, why I feel so great all of a sudden. Is it the fitness or is it the the stress off me? And I know young guys like you, you, you couldn't relate to how dangerous not getting fitness in your life is at your age. But at my age, it's I know people having heart attacks and strokes. Like I know people who are suffering serious illnesses, and I know it's all exercise and, and lifestyle related. So to get that 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 stress or that worrisome off my shoulders is that action has has paid off more than I ever thought it would. And I know this is a simple money solutions money podcast, but to to put a money spin on this is for my situation is I would buy myself little trinkets and or clothes or something to to that were giving me false happinesses that could never deliver the feeling I get from the, you know relieving myself of this stress and and the addiction I get from just going to the gym almost every day now. I feel inspired to start working out. Um, let's move on to the next point. So, um, a reason why we can succeed is that we, we do not procrastinate. So we did a whole show on procrastination and I, I adopted this philosophy a long time ago at work and, and now in my life, if you can do it now, if you have all the inputs or all the material or all the things you need to do something now, do it now. That includes time, of course, but this is something so there's an expression out there that says we tend to overestimate what we can do in a day and underestimate what we can do in a year. And for me, oddly enough, the opposite is true. I often underestimate what I can get done in a day. And I think, you know, the older you get, the the more you get set in your ways. So I know my, my parents, I'll say, what are you doing today? And she'll say, grocery shopping. <laughs> and I get it, you're older, it might take a little longer, but the, the point is, in her mind, that has filled her whole day. And I know, I, I, my whole going to the gym thing was I didn't have time, right? I was underestimating what I could do in a given day. I was, I was padding my schedule way too much. So, so procrastination for me, it's not what most people suffer from. I, I was underestimating what I could do in short periods of time. 
So Trevor, that point right there, that that point, and and again, it came from our procrastination episode. That point has changed my my self while while I'm at work. Um, I know, I know, as like all our listeners and everyone sitting around the table here, you probably get very easily easily interrupted at work by incoming requests. And those small incoming requests were usually kind of got in the way of whatever larger task I was working on. But now, and it worked for me actually on Friday, I was at work and I got an incoming request that I could take all the two minutes, five minutes to do. I stopped what I was working on, did that. And it was just like, it was, it was so motivating. It didn't even go on my task list, which is nice. It came in, it was off. Like, and normally it, I think it, when things get added to your task list, that when that's when it feels a little more onerous. Whereas if you just do it, you do it right away, right away don't procrastinate on it and get it get it off your plate it'll feel it actually energized you to keep going with everything else and of course these are these are so tied together so number eight was take action right and this is uh obviously the opposite don't procrastinate right they're kind of tied together but i think the take action is is at another level you know just not not procrastinating is is step one because we're doing these in reverse order but i i think just do it is a lot of times it's it's doing something that you don't have the confidence to do. But procrastination is something you you know how to do. It, it might even be a repetitive task, but you just put it off. I think I think a good part of the procrastination thing is learning to be efficient. Um, so learning little efficiencies throughout the day that can help you kind of achieve the little things really quickly and then that gives you more time to do the bigger things that you want, like go to the gym or go rock climbing, like Having those little efficiencies make it so you don't have to just, you know, sit down and, and do all these other things that you just kind of let go throughout the day. So one one kind of example is um, we have a home budget app. And so I'm really good at, at as soon as I spend some money, I instantly input that receipt so that I don't have to sit down later and do it. And so that's one of the things that, you know, if you spend a little bit all day, those receipts do add up and maybe sometimes you'll have six, seven receipts from groceries or whatever. And then you have to sit down and spend 30 minutes putting those into your phone. Whereas if you kind of grasp on these little efficiencies, you can get it done. And so that gives you your evening later. See, I call that conditioning. No, you know, you call it efficiency. I call it you, you've conditioned yourself to develop the discipline to do this on a timely basis. Right. I, I think, and it's, it, it would probably take the exact same amount of time if you saved up a week's worth. It would just be a bigger block of time you would have to dedicate to do it. But I think it's the discipline. It's the, yeah, the discipline to do it in a timely manner. I, I, as much as it is, it is more efficient. You were doing it while you're traveling in a car rather than sitting at home when you could be cooking a meal, right? You're utilizing blocks of time that were otherwise useless right yeah exactly so instead of having to waste time later might as well waste time now you know so moving on to the sixth point so again we're going uh from the bottom of the list to the top the sixth point and is is they lack class so that's again a reason why some people will never succeed so if we flip that on its head a reason why we can succeed is we do have class and i think this one is it's not like upper class lower class it's not about that. It's about, uh, I think this one's about treating people with dignity and, and, and just treating people how you would like to be treat, treated. And, and I think that, that, tends to, that tends to say a lot about you. And, and then if, if other people see you treating people with class and dignity, they will reciprocate. I, I, I have witnessed this countless times. In fact, and you know, one thing is 
particularly in the workplace, if you get caught up in gossip, gossip at work, and you start talking about somebody else at work, that says more about you than it does the person you're talking about without question. And so when somebody comes to me and they're telling me a little secret about somebody, I've just lost a great deal of respect for that person. You know, here's a class thing that I think is so important. When you go to eat at a restaurant, just put a money spin on this, and it comes down to pay for the bill. I, I think if you can't afford to leave a reasonable tip, you can't afford to eat out. I need a really solid reason to not leave a tip. I, I mean, I needed to be so underserved, and they, they, they need to, the restaurant would have to so underdeliver to me for me to not leave a tip. And it would have to be the whole thing, like the whole experience. I mean, if my food came late, I'm not putting that on the server. I'm not putting that on the cook. It, it, it could be just I got there at a busy time. I mean, the food would have to come cold, late, and taste bad. You know what I mean? You stack all those things together, okay, chances are there's no tip in it, right? I think that's, that's, a, that, there's a, that's an example of not having class. You know, you're not, that is something you, you, I need to do if I go out to eat. I think like to that point, some of the most successful people that I know are also some of the, the most thoughtful and kind people I know as well because they're constantly thinking about not how just their actions will affect themselves or how their goals will affect themselves, but they're also thinking of how they'll affect other people around them. True. Yeah, that is a good point. So point number five here is they are good at making excuses. So this is people that people will will not succeed in life. The, the, success will be something they'll always be striving for if they are really good at making excuses. And excuses, you can manufacture excuses for anything. In my example with the gym, as I you know I didn't have time or I, I I couldn't fit into my schedule. I I actually one I did is I couldn't afford it. You know, and I got to a point where I couldn't afford not to, is what is it turned out. But making excuses, the the energy and effort people will put into excuses, the elaborate stories people will put together for why they can't do something can I mean, if you use that creativity, and I I'm guilty of this too, to actually take action to to come up with a solution if you use that energy that you put into excuses into to doing it i mean that is i was gonna say i think a big reason why uh people make excuses is we usually try to like obviously we try to justify things we try to rationalize like like figure out like understand why we're doing things and i think the problem is uh usually excuses aren't the root cause like you know like so when you said um you know, like say you couldn't afford to go to the gym, like that was why your, your thing. That's probably not the real reason why. You know, it's like you're struggling with motivation, or there's something maybe deeper that, um, that that's the real reason. And it's just people aren't able; they're not taking the time to figure out what's the real reason and to solve that, and that'll probably solve the problems. And so, what do you guys think of this? So, I have this this theory. It's not my. I wish I could give credit to whoever heard it from, but there's a, this expression: if it's not a hell yeah to do something, then it's a no. You know, if you adopted that mindset, when somebody says, hey, do you want to go, well, if you want to go rock climbing, just say someone said, if you ask, go ahead and ask me, go ahead. Do you want to go rock climbing, Trevor? <sighs> I don't know. Um, when, when are you going? Thursday night. I, I think I might be busy. See, I, I'm working on this. If I would have said, hell yeah, I'm going rock climbing, right? If I, if I, I would be like, 
If it's not a hell yeah, then make it a no. Don't make excuses. Don't don't come up with an elaborate story why I can't do something. Just have that that switch. It's got to be switch in your head because do you know what I mean? Does well, that make I, sense? I, I agree no with maybe. Extent. Because like so so I agree with it that like if you keep coming on excuse like you said you waste so much time and effort that it's just not worth it. Just say no. But, just say no. but like at the same time then say for the gym or whatever like 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 I guess I I, I guess you, you're so you're saying. Instead of like, just put it, just table it. Like, cause I'm thinking with you with the gym, right? Like in the past you probably thought, oh, I should go to the gym. And you're like, you come up with all these things. So instead you kind of just said no. no. Okay. So that's an internal thing. That, that's me arguing with okay. myself. Cause I think, I think those conversations, I think there's a great. lot of, there's a lot of people come up with a lot of excuses just to justify it themselves as well. Like, I think that's a big one. No, but they, okay. We're talking internal, uh, you know, should I do it? Should I not? But this is somebody comes up to you and says, Hey, do you want to go? So I had a friend approach me. He's, he wanted me to go on a week-long uh, canoe trip with a bunch of friends way up north. And I'm talking Hudson Bay, James Bay, like anyone's familiar with Canada, it's, it's way up there. And it was a week-long trip. And it was in the autumn, so the weather could be iffy. And he asked me if I wanted to go. And I got it in an email. And I sat on that email and stewed about it. And I spent a ton of time I knew I had about a week to respond to it and I spent about a week going through my mind of all the reasons I can't go you know that I was going to tell him this friend of mine why I couldn't go and right I should have just applied it's not a hell yeah right I was there was some reason I didn't want to do it that I I don't know what it was it could have been money it could have been weather it could have been I I don't know fear of tipping a canoe, but I, 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 and I ended up saying no, but I, I stewed about it for a whole week, you know, going, and I, I was, and it ended up, I, the email, I said, you know, thanks for the invitation, but I think I'm going to pass. It was just a, you know, all that you should have heard some of the excuses going in on my head. I mean, these were pretty elaborate. I, I should have probably be a court lawyer or something. Cause I could, I was making a case for why I can't go. And it, it just, all these looking for is a yes or a no, but I stewed about it longer than I should have. It should have just been a hell yeah or a no. But what about the times where you know saying yes will be the unselfish answer where yes will benefit someone close to you, a friend or because they want to do something like what or you know what I mean? When it's not self-serving, there are, those are the circumstances. I mean, sounds, that canoe trip is yours. Sounds like an apathy issue to me. <laughs> It could also be a class issue, though. Like, if, if you're saying no just for the sake of saying no, not because you don't want to take action and do something, then it could just be like, oh, he's that guy who always says no, right? And you don't want to become that person either. Like, let's say a friend needs help moving. Well, yes, it's going to be probably something you don't want to do. But saying yes means that maybe one day when you need help moving, that person will be there for you. So just as a, here's a piece of advice. Never ever when somebody asks for help to move always do it always you never not help somebody move in fact if you hear somebody you know is moving i always say do you need a hand because you never know when your turn's coming and i always so in that case that's a good example and just that's just a side note just write that down (laughs) if somebody's moving you're always available i mean even even if you showed up for an hour when they're moving that's all you had I guarantee you, whoever you're helping for that hour is going to be so appreciative. And plus, they didn't have to give you beer at the end because <laughs> you're only there for an hour. But yeah, just as a side note, I'll, 
always help people move because I've had people when I've moved, if you've never moved, when you move and there's a bunch of people standing there waiting to carry your furniture, you are so grateful. So what are some other ones? You can't just be moving. There's probably some other ones where, well, no, I was thinking of a different example where, so this is where someone needs your help and it, you know, can you help me move? Well, hell no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I, I think moving is, is a really good example, but I mean, so if somebody invites you to a special celebration, somebody's having a birthday and it's not yours, right? So it's not a surprise party for you, but you're invited to somebody's anniversary party or birthday party. Um, but okay. Sometimes, like, sometimes you got to put you, somebody else ahead of you. And that's the class thing. Yeah, you're right. It you're comes right. back to class because if you're always that person who doesn't show up to, you know, their, their friend's birthday parties or their anniversaries or any events and you never go out of the house. Well, what's, what's the odds of them ever showing up to one of yours or them ever helping you out if you need a hand, you know, you got to also have that sense of community and, and, and friendship with people as well. And that'll kind of, you know, also get you out of the house too, right? Because if you're the type of person to just sit at home all the time, going to those events is good for you. So I'm, I'm just thinking about this whole thing more. Um, like your your theory because isn't that you're 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 taking you're not taking risks like we we said before like that wasn't that one of the things because i'm just thinking about that because like i i started what are you uh, trying to tie all these points together don't go there because like um i I know for me i started playing uh in a soccer league in, in um in the beginning of september and the last time i played soccer was in grade nine gym class and it ended with me dislocating and fracturing my toe so soccer's not one of my my fortes but it, I had a lot of fun playing softball in the summer, and it was it was going to be the same group of people, or mainly. So I decided to take a chance on it, and it turned out it was pretty well good. But I was I was something I kind of was struggling with for. for so a, it wasn't a hell yeah, but you're. I was glad, glad I did, did it. So like I don't know. I I, just, I wonder is is it like are are you just avoiding risk that by doing that? Like you're you're just doing the safe safe choice. And I mean I'm someone who always wants to choose the safe safe choice here. Like when I say this, but like I, I guess I think to Jace's point, if you're always sitting at home saying hell no <laughs> then, then you're then not you're, making the right decision. yeah you're probably not making the right choice i think there really shouldn't be any maybes like I, I think there should be yeses and no's and if you're slightly leaning towards the yes like you have an interest in it then do it then then give it a shot but if you're like you you really have that lingering feeling of like i don't really want to do that then it's a no it's obviously a no but you know you in here i did say you know i i, I tend to re- have regretted the things i didn't do more than the things I did, right? I, I, I tend to have more regrets for not doing something. So, so maybe my hell, hell, yeah, no thing is is somewhat flawed. Maybe. So the next reason why some people never succeed, and we're going to turn this on its head and say that people will succeed if they do not have self-imposed limitations. And this is saying, you know, I can't do something because, right? It's. I don't, most, for most people, the self-imposed limitation is I don't have time. So uh, the first example here is uh, I'm just, I can't do this because I'm just not good with numbers. <laughs> and uh, so, you know what? I, I don't, I do, I do kind of buy into that one. I tend, I tend to think people are one of two things. They're either word people or numbers people. Just, they're, that's their strength, right? It, it, it shouldn't limit you. But I think you should know whether you're a numbers person or a words person. I mean, I'm not a numbers person, but I can still bake. <laughs> it's uh, it's kind of hilarious watching me uh, double recipes and triple recipes. 
I, I think a, a good part of this is is really people don't like believe that they can do something. And so I feel a lot of these people are people who underestimate themselves, their ability to learn, and their ability to develop their skills. And those are all things nobody is, I mean, some people are inherently born with things, but nobody is generally skilled without having to put some practice in it. You know, people can't just, you know, play a concert on piano the first time they start playing piano. They have to work up and build towards it. And so people who put the limitations on themselves are people who won't succeed because they're they're never going to actually give it a try. Or even if they do try, they're not going to stick with it. True. I think the one to, to for beating this is having a good support system, having friends and family around you that support your interests. And this will help you overcome self-imposed limitations because it's, it's the people that care about you. They're going to say, well, wait a minute, what's stopping you? Like, well, what's in your way? Why aren't you applying for this job you might may or may not be qualified for? What, why not? Or, or why not? Like you say, take on, try a sport or it, it, so having people around you to help you get past your limitations, I think is probably a, a big help in this. The third point here, so this is the third to last point is, and, and the third point why we never succeed is we'd never step up to the plate. So to flip that on its head again, a reason why we can succeed is we do step up to the plate. We do show up. We do take that leap. And so there's a there's an expression I was I'm a big guy with expressions that um you can't perfect what you haven't started and you know this podcast is a great example we I talked about doing a podcast for years literally years and I, I had just a book full of excuses of why I couldn't and and I just I knew if I just started it I, I had a better chance of of making it better than what, what I envisioned than if I didn't start it at all. But stepping up to the plate, means, for me, means just starting something, getting started. And a lot of times you need a little push, you need a little help, but getting started is, it, to me, stepping up to the plate. Or even taking that, that leap of faith towards applying for a position or doing something you maybe don't fully believe in yourself and your ability to succeed but just but just trying anyway and again stepping up to that plate just taking you can't you can't hit that home run if you never step up to that plate so the second last reason why some people never succeed is that they don't do things that are in line with their goals so to turn that in more positively we can succeed if we do do things that are aligned with our goals and so this is where you you need to believe in something you have to stand for something. You, you, you have to have principles. Align yourself with those, those values, those things that you value. So I, I don't value material possessions as much as I do experiences. And if, if I continue to structure my life around experiences rather than acquiring material possessions, then I, I think things are going to work out for me. I think a good good point here with people not following their goals is a lot of people don't actually have any goals and so I'm a, I'm a big fan of people like sitting down writing you know a short-term goal list like a one-year one-year plan five-year plan ten-year plan and figuring out what it is they want or what success is to them and kind of figuring out 
that first is a, is a huge step in going in the right direction. Because until you know what your goal is going to be, you're not going to work towards it and you're not going to save your money. You're not going to put anything aside. You're not going to have any drive to work towards it if you don't know what it is. And I love that. If you, if you write it down, then you, if you want to change it, you have to consciously you know, stroke that goal out and write in a new one. It, it, but you, your goals can be this, these constantly juggling, moving targets in your head. The, you got to get them out of your head and onto, uh, onto paper or on your iPhone, of course, would be another good spot. <laughs> but you need to get them down on something because then you, you, you have to consciously change them. But to your point, know that your goals are going to change, say, every decade of your life. You're going to have a new set of goals. You will have some lifelong goals, ones that you'll be pursuing your whole life, you know, moving in that direction. But you'll have goals in, in five or ten year increments that will change and evolve Obviously, a goal of yours right now is probably not saving for your kid's education, right? No, yeah. But but when when you have kids, it becomes a goal, right? So it, these are, but I think you're right. If you have goals to start, you, you can't even begin to align your life with your goals without goals to start. So everyone should have a goal, a plan, some sort of direction they're moving in. I, I think that is, that's very important. It's uh, pretty funny. Me and my, me and my friend about a week, week and a half ago or so, we, we kind of were just sitting down chatting at his place and uh, he's got a, his own business that he started up and I'm kind of like um, deciding on if I want to go back to school or not. And so the two of us were just kind of sitting there being like, where is our life going? Like, what, what do we want to happen? Like, what do we want to manifest? And so he came up with the idea of doing uh, a vision board. And so basically we just each sat on our computer and we like picked out images of, you know, what makes us feel happy, uh, what we would want, like what kind of future we'd want. Maybe it's like uh, a house on, on the beach or, you know, uh, for him, it's a pirate ship, like just, just things that may be a little out there, but things that would make us happy or gives us some drive to work towards. And so by the end of it, like we both had our little collages essentially. And, you know, we felt a lot better. We felt like we were heading in the right direction. And I think that's maybe something that other people should try. If they're, if they're struggling, sit down in front of your computer and just kind of be like, what images like bring me happiness? Like what, what, thoughts what feelings like for me christmas is one of them so i had a picture of a christmas tree up there with some gifts and some lights and stuff like that and i love fall so like i had a pumpkin like it's not not like anything physical it's a lot of feelings too and every time i look at that it gives me a bit more drive to to be like okay like to get to these places i have to put that time in i have to work towards them i like that i like that having a vision board that is i wish i in when I was your age, I was literally living day to day. I, I didn't have a goal, a, a, a plan, a vision, or of any kind. So I like that that you. It, it's not. It wasn't a list of goals. It's specific things. It was visions, right? It was. It, it kind of. It, it, for a lot of people who are visual, that that is more powerful than than words on a page. So that more is a really good. If your goals more disappointed you'll be when you don't get that exact thing. I love that. Exactly. So you just make them broad. When you get married to an outcome, you're setting yourself up for disappointment in a big way. I love that. That is really powerful. So the last uh, reason why some people never succeed is that they don't understand the value of time. So if we understand the value of, of time, we can succeed. And so for me, the value of time, 
Time is the true currency of life. This is what we think money is, we think possessions are. It all comes down to time. You are exchanging your time for money to acquire things. Some of them are life-providing things like food and shelter. Other of them are, are trinkets of life like $65,000 trucks and iPhones. So you have to decide what you're willing to trade your life energy for, your time for. And uh, hopefully you're trading most of your time for uh, for your need, to meet your needs, not your wants. And then for me, it, once you've satisfied all your needs, I'm saving, I'm trading my time now for money that I can use to, to, to meet my needs, not my wants, in the future. So I will have more time to myself, when, obviously in the, in the form of retiring early. So that to me is the true value of time. So for you, when you do not spend or spend your time on things now, it means you can you can save that you can you can spend time on things later. Yeah, yeah. I'm really I'm just I'm time shifting my money in essence, right? The the link between time and and your stuff is 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 money. Like Yeah. 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 So that brings us to the end of the 10 reasons why some people will never succeed, which we again have flipped into a more positive uh, positive space in saying the 10 things we can do to succeed. So that brings us to the very end of our show. To everyone listening, if there is something, is if there's a, a reason that we can succeed that we did not talk about today, leave us a comment. Let us know what you think the ultimate uh, way or ultimate thing that you can do to allow yourself to succeed and maybe something that has personally influenced you and your ability to succeed let us know you can leave us a comment on our website at livelifesimple.ca there's a contact submission form there you can also send us an email at livelifesimple365 at gmail.com and we're going to have again this this article in the show notes you can refer back to all of the reasons what we and ways we can succeed Thank you so much for being here this week. Thank you, Mike, Jace, and Trevor for joining us on this round table. And we can't see, wait to see you here with us next week for another episode of Simple Money Solutions. Until then, keep it simple.